All right. Well, um, those of you that were here last week, or if you were watching last week, uh, this is a little bit of a, a pop quiz. Um, I know come to church, you didn't come for a test or anything like that, but those of you that, that weren't here last week, uh, you're off the hook. Um, what did we talk about last week, kind of very broadly? Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. We used a, one major analogy, puzzles. All right, it was a, a pu- maybe some of you were puzzled by the sermon, uh, maybe that's why. Talked about puzzle pieces, we talked about spiritual gifts, we talked about that all of us in, in the family, in the body of Christ, have this unique mix of, of talents and, and gifts and insights and stories and, and flaws and quirks and, and all of that. And all of that comes together. Uh, the puzzle part was that these gifts are meant to come together to build up the body. And this is, this is a primary concern that Paul has for the church in Corinth. Um, and I think there's probably some uh, lessons for us in the church today. This morning we're going to be looking at Paul's kind of introduction to this, this theme, this analogy of a body. We've heard the body of Christ before. Uh, we've heard people talk about the church in, in these terms before. This is, for me, a very familiar passage. I've heard it read over and over and over again uh, through my childhood and, and upbringing and all, all of that. But there's a couple things that jumped out at me this week that I want to share with you and, and some things I think for us as a church, for us as the body of Christ, one expression here at Spring Creek Church of the Brethren. And so as we look at this, would you pray with me? Jesus, as the psalm, psalmist writes, as we've read this morning, may it be our prayer and the words that we speak over this message, over our time here, uh, over our learning and growing together. May the words of my mouth, may the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Paul is kind of continuing this conversation about all of these differences, all of these talents, all of these spiritual gifts, and how we use them, how they get combined together in the body of Christ is the the picture that Paul presents to us. He's continuing this conversation on how these gifts are different and varied, but they're given from the same Spirit. One person and one person's gifts are not more important, they're not less important than anybody else's. And so uh, Paul kind of segues into this part, and he says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body. Paul is going to, to flesh this out in a moment. It's a body analogy. He fleshes it out. I'll explain it later. How the body has different parts which serve different functions. But I want you to see something that kind of surprised me or jumped out at me this week. And it's how Paul concludes this this kind of introductory thought. Paul says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, 
and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Now, I've, I've read this so many times that I read that and, you know, I just kind of skipped right through it, read right through it, didn't stop to think about it. But one of the commentaries I picked up from uh, Richard Hayes helps highlight and bring out something about this, this phrase that, that actually I had to step back and, and really think about. See, what we think the phrase should be is this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though, one, though many, are one body, what is Paul talking about here? What is the one body? The church, right? This is the group of people that Paul is talking about, the church. But that's not where Paul ends the thought. Paul doesn't say the church. Instead, he says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For Paul, participation in the life of Christ, being a a follower of Jesus, and participation in the church are so tied together that he can speak in this way. So it is with Christ. To participate in the life of Christ is to participate in the life of the church. Now, let me just offer some clarifications. Does that mean that the church is Jesus or completely the same as Christ? No. We believe that that Jesus is the fulfillment of Scripture. We believe Jesus died in the place of sinners, that Jesus uh, was raised to new life. Um, And so they're not completely the same. Over the years when I've heard folks angry or hurt with the church or have a a negative experience of the church, my initial reaction has been, well, that's not Jesus. And in part, that's correct. But that clear dichotomy that we like in, in Western philosophy isn't always as clear for Paul or the other biblical writers. Because later in verse 27, Paul is going to say, you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. So what? So what does this mean? Why is this such a big deal? Well, somewhere along the line, I think that we've gotten this idea that Jesus, that Christianity is about me and Jesus. And the church is peripheral. The church is on the side. I show up at church to do my religious duty, to put in my time, to be a good person, to show up with the people and everybody sees that I got there and I get my attendance marked down and I do all the right stuff. Church is not a side issue. It's not a peripheral thing. Now church for folks can look differently. It's not always the institutional organization with a a specific address. There's lots of ways that the church is seen. 
People meeting in homes, people meeting in, in coffee houses, people meeting. The church meets in all kinds of places, all kinds of spaces. I think the church are a group of people that, that are committed to following Jesus, committed to the Lordship of Christ, that meet together for, for worship and for growing, for challenging one another, for reading Scripture, for, for serving one another and, and serving the people around them, for announcing the good news. These are some of the aspects of church. And sometimes it happens in a building with a steeple and you know, a cross at the front and pews, and sometimes it happens in very different spaces. I'm not sure what following Jesus apart from the church means. I don't know what that looks like. And it would seem Paul would probably go a little further. Paul then moves on to address some of the diversity, some of the division, some of the things that are causing some some fractures within the Corinthian church. Specifically, Paul addresses that there are Jews and there are Gentiles. There are slave and there are free. Again, we kind of speed read through some of this stuff, but these are are huge reasons why people uh, in the ancient world, in Paul's world, were separate We're not together. The Jews didn't want anything to do with the Gentiles. I mean, there were codes about not being together with the Gentiles. And there were lots of reasons why the Gentiles wanted nothing to do with these strict law-abiding Jewish folk. They didn't understand or know their history. They didn't understand, you know, what all this Torah was about and these cleanliness laws and these food laws. They didn't understand that. And so there were reasons for these these groups of people to be separate. There's also slaves and, and free people meeting together for worship. And again, lots of reasons for these two groups of people to be at odds with one another. We know in several uh, New Testament churches that there were slaves and their masters in the same church meeting together, trying to follow Jesus together. I can't imagine how that would mess with your mind. Lots of reasons for people to be separate. Lots of reasons why people were different. Let's stop a second. What are some of the the differences within our body, within this group of people here at Spring Creek? You can, one word, short phrase. Contemporary Contemporary traditional, and we're talking about music selection. Generations, we have a, a wide diversity of ages. Tall and short, that's one I didn't come up with. Thank you. We have some minor ethnic diversity. Married, unmarried, lots of different life situations, things that, that, that are, are different. 
Some are, have been born and raised brethren. Some have not been born and raised brethren. Some haven't even been born and raised in the church. And you know what? We come together and that's a beautiful thing to share life together, to share the, our stories to get together. Named age. How about another hot button one? And we'll just call it political opinions. And in good brethren phrasing, we are not all of the same mind. And yet for Paul, the one spirit, the one baptism is more than all the differences which could cause division. What's more important to Paul is not Jew-Gentile, slave-free, He's, he, he talks in Corinthians elsewhere about um, rich and, and poor and, and some of the other things that caused division here. What's more important to Paul is one spirit and one baptism. Paul then talks about uh, the difference in function of different parts of the body. He goes back to, to our conversation uh, on gifts last week, that there are different abilities, different gifts, different stories, and they come together to form something more beautiful. Talking in terms of a body um, was not something new in the ancient world. Uh, there are different uh, Greek and Roman philosophers that would talk about society, talk uh, about the structure of, of the government or the structure of the society around them in terms of the body. But how these, these uh, Greek and Roman philosophers typically used the body was to uh, reinforce the idea of hierarchy, that there are some more important than others. And so there is the head, they are the leaders, they are the kings and the emperors and the, the Caesars, and, and, you know, then there's the feet. And they used that to make sure people stayed in line, knew their role, and, and, and stayed in their place. But that's not how Paul uses this analogy. That's not how Paul sees the body of Christ. Instead, Paul uses the body to talk about mutuality how we work together, that this is one organism, this is one body moving and, and breathing and, and, and all of these uh, senses and systems and, and organs coming together. One note that I came across this week jumped out at me. It says this, Paul reverses the values of ancient political rhetoric, which figured the parts of the body representing the ruling class, such as the head and the belly, as most honorable and indispensable. But Paul claims scandalously that the weaker parts are actually more indispensable and honorable, that we acknowledge this fact when we clothe these private parts, and that God has so arranged the body in this paradoxical manner giving greater honor to the inferior members. So Paul is calling the Corinthians, I think Paul is calling us to see that we are members of the same body in Christ. 
the way Paul uses members and the way sometimes we use the language of member in our organizational language aren't always quite the same thing. Members here for Paul are those who have committed to the Lordship of Christ, who are utilizing their gifts, talents, stories, their quirks, and and everything that they are and who they are and that they have for the building up of the kingdom of God. These are the folks who are committed partners to the mission of God through the church. So the last two years in the broader church, in, in Christianity, in, in, in our, even in our culture, and, you know, like, let's throw Spring Creek into that group as well. The last two years have shown cracks and potential ways to divide and separate, and the church has largely followed this pattern. Paul named the Jew and Gentile slave and free causes of potential division. The Corinthians were also struggling with with spiritual gifts being cause for division. In another passage in Corinthians, it's clear that wealth or status was a potential cause for division. People weren't all meeting at the same time for, for the fellowship meal, for communion, Some were having a a big old feast before they showed up with the rest of the church because they could, and others hadn't eaten anything. It was a, a potential rift, a potential cause of division that Paul addresses. And in nearly 2,000 years, society has only given more reasons for us to divide and separate and segregate political divisions, a host of controversial social issues. And the church in the West has largely divided along these same lines. Throw in whether you're a church for the young or a church for the old, whether it's skinny jeans and electric guitars or pleated pants and an organ. What I want to know is, what Paul seems to be getting at, is do you love Jesus? Are you here for Jesus? Are you here to grow and be shaped and challenged and and share fellowship and, and share life and ministry with a group of people? Are you committed to the Lordship of Christ? Are you committed to partnering in the work of Christ through the church by adding your gifts, your talents, your quirks, your flaws, your stories? This is what the body of Christ is meant to be about. And if you're learning and growing and and questioning 
the Jesus part or you're questioning the church part, we'd love to have you hang around. I don't promise you that we have it all together here. I don't promise you that we don't make our share of mistakes, missteps. We say, I say the wrong thing sometimes. We don't get it right all the time. And yet I think we can let you know that we are trying, striving to look more and more like Jesus together. Trying more and more to be that body of Christ. You know, sometimes in the, in the Church of the Brethren, we use a lot of language about um, uh, nonconformity. Don't conform to the, to the pattern that society sets for us. But I got to be honest, so many times we're following that pattern. Finding all of the reasons to, to divide and separate and, and go our separate ways. Paul wants to know what you think about Jesus. Are you in love with Jesus? Are you trying to be part of a group of people who are proclaiming the Lordship of Christ, who are trying to, to live in a different way, who are trying to, to show what a group of people committed to the reign of God looks like? We don't have it all together at Spring Creek Church of the Brethren. But I pray that we are growing that we're, that we're learning, that we're moving, that we're fellowshipping with one another, that we're, that we're trying to follow Jesus together. This is what it means to be church with one body and many members. I'm going to invite your response this morning. Uh, you can turn in the brown hymnals or look on the screen at uh, number 425 in the brown hymnal. We're saying, bind us together. It's a, simple, it's a simple song, simple chorus that we'll repeat twice. But I think it's a prayer, it's a longing, it's a request, it's, it's, it's inviting God's Spirit to be in the midst and moving in the middle of an imperfect people, helping to shape and form us, helping to, to bring us together, to, to bind us together into one body that proclaims the Lordship of Christ and follows Him together. Would you stand as we close?